WHMP. And good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on this Thursday afternoon. I just wanted to flag a couple of things that are upcoming. Uh, at 4.30, we're going to be, uh, vocalist Barbara Weems is going to be uh, the Take 5 guest of Bruce Nimzik. Tomorrow, we're going to have Senator Eric Lesser, a candidate for Massachusetts Lieutenant Governor in that hotly contested um, race. Uh, the good thing with Jeff Napolitano is going to feature Sean Donovan, who's trying to pilot the community care department in Northampton. On Monday, the extraordinary economist, uh, Professor Emeritus uh, Rick Wolf, is going to be talking about a piece that he just authored on capitalism as our new secular religion in the United States. At 4.30, Greenfield Mayor Roxanne Wiedergartner will be joining us. And on Tuesday, the new president of GCC will be joining us, uh, President uh, Dr. Michelle Strutt. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. But right now, here in the heels of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and the incredible climate um, provisions, the what keep, people keep saying is the most expansive commitment to uh, uh, deterring climate change uh, that the United States has ever made financially and otherwise. We have Brian Adams with a couple of very hopeful guests. Brian, you keep giving me hope. Uh, these guests keep giving me hope, Buzz. Thanks for introducing that. And it is. It's a great wave of good news. Thankfully, I've been waiting for, for quite a while, years in organizing. Governor Baker signing into law a huge Massachusetts climate bill and Biden, President Biden, signing the huge federal climate action bill. It's a little annoying to me that they call it the Inflation Reduction Act, when in fact it is a climate bill with some other really good provisions uh, there, there as well. And it's rare to start off with good news, and, and, and here we are. And equally exciting on the, on the uh, grassroots level is this weekend, August 20th and 21st, there's something taking place called the Little Leaders Summer Climate Convention. Uh, it's for young leaders age 10 to 12, who are interested in getting involved in direct climate action. It takes place on Saturday at the Hitchcock Center in Amherst and on Sunday at Mass Audubon Society's Arcadia Wildlife Sanctuary in East Hampton. And we are so lucky to have on the show two of the organizers, uh, 15-year-old Liv Sack from Youth Climate Action Now. What did I say? Sack. Uh, sack. What did I say? Stack? It's I, supposed to be stack, yeah. It's supposed <laughs> to be stack. Thank you so much. If I can butcher names, I will butcher them. I have uh, ne never a name I couldn't mispronounce. She's a member of Youth Climate That's Action. That's Ryan now. Abrams here That's with right. us. Exactly. Uh, member of the Springfield Climate Justice Coalition and a Youth Climate Leadership uh, Program member. Uh, we're also joined by Sa uh, Sasha Krakauer. She is 17 also in Youth Climate Action Now and eco-leader at the school that she goes to. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us today. <laughs> uh, so you must be really excited about this convention, as you call it. Can you tell about this, week, uh, about this weekend event and what are some of the goals that you hope to accomplish? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the main goal is, well, specifically about education. I think education is the best thing to do like in the climate movement, especially with younger students, having planting that seed of education, telling them about the facts, the science about climate change, that's where we're really going to see the impact. That's where we're going to see the change. And that's the main goal. That's Sasha talking. Liv, you want to add to that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we always say the next generation um, is going to solve the climate crisis. Um, and this is kind of our way as kind of some older leaders, you know, we're both in high school, of educating the younger generations. So, um, again, 10 to 12-year-olds. Um, and our goal is for them to walk away with their climate action plan, um, which is a way that they can get involved in their communities with a solution of their own. That's so exciting. One of the things that I think is so cool about this climate convention is that it's a youth-led event. It's not adults that are going to be telling the kids what to do, but it's the two of you and some other teen organizers as, as well. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge role to take. The climate issue can be so despairing to, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, in its enormity, there's such a, you know, this fine line between hope and despair. 
how do you propose, and this is a huge question, because <laughs> I, I want to know how to do it, uh, navigate that, that fine line, walk that fine line with young activists between hope and despair? That's actually, that's a really good question, something that I struggle with a lot, but I think coming together as a community and talking together, creating those solutions together, that's really where you start bringing people up and start well, getting away from that despair. That's how I did. I attended the 2019 uh, Western Mass Youth Climate Summit when I was still feeling really upset about climate change, hearing about all the news and the current events. But coming to that climate convention, I started realizing that everyone around me was feeling the same way and everyone around me was also uh, lifting everyone up together. Uh, Very inspiring. That was Sasha speaking. Liv? Yeah, I think exactly what Sasha said. It's the most important thing is that we have community and knowing that, you know, kind of sometimes we all feel a little bit lost and a little bit hopeless, but when we work together to kind of combat this crisis, I think that's, I find my hope in others. And I look, you know, I look around at Sasha and some of my other colleagues um, at YCAN and I just, I see these people who are so invested in this work um, and it just, it kind of brings me up a little um, and encourages me to get back on my feet and keep fighting the climate crisis. So Liv, you are 15, and Sasha, you are 17, and you attend Climate Action Now meetings. Um, are adults listening to you? Do they, do they value your opinion, or is there this age divide there where they're, you know, what do you know? You're only 15. Yeah, um, I actually, I don't attend, we don't want to, well, I don't know about you, but I don't attend the Climate Action Now meetings. Um, I just attend the Youth Climate Action Now meetings. Um, But there is, I do interact with a lot of adults in other organizations, and it can be um, a bit challenging. I think there are a lot of people who think that they support youth activism, but they don't actually because they don't let the youth lead the way. And I I think we're really lucky at YCAN to have a really great, adult mentorship network um, who is there when we need them and is there to support us when we need it, but can step back when we don't need support and we're fine on our own. Um, And that is something that is really valuable to us. Sasha, you want to add to that? Well, I think the other day I was actually tabling uh, for Little Leaders um, in Buckland, and I did not expect this, but Senator Jim Jim McGovern, I'm pretty sure, um, he came up to me and told me, that it was youth like me and the group that I'm a part of that really inspire him to keep going. Wow, that's great. Jim yeah. McGovern, our United States congressman. Oh, congressman, yes. Yeah. I said the uh, wrong thing. Who we're hoping to have on the show soon to talk about this federal climate legislation. That's yes. really inspiring. To no, have it was great. Congressman <laughs> come and say how he's inspired by you. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's really cool. Um, it was invigorating for me to read about some of the workshop topics that you're going to be presenting to these 10 to 12-year-olds, one of which is on intersectionality and climate mm-hmm. justice. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, you know, that is such a, uh, uh, I don't want to say adult topic, but a heavy topic. Yes. I mean, it's for me to try to grasp the whole intersectionality thing is so complex. I mean, adults struggle with this, and you're re- leading a workshop on it with 10 to 12-year-olds. How do you plan on presenting that to to, to kids at that very young age? Well, I think that they are a lot smarter than people believe. They, well, at least for the people that I have interacted with who are t- ages t- 10 to 12, they are very introspective and also introspective. They understand heavy topics, and I think that we need to be able to like give them those heavy topics and you know teach them what they need to know. I, I think that they can deal with more than most people believe. Yeah, and I think that they, you know, I think a lot of them who have um, multiple identities um, and are affected by multiple systems of oppression have already kind of faced kind of what we talk about with intersectionality, right, which is intersectionality is multiple systems of oppression colliding, and it's this completely different thing. So, you know, the oppression I face... um, as a queer person who lives in a poor neighborhood, I don't just live in a poor neighborhood and I'm not just a queer person, it's both of those things. Um, And they both intersect. And I think a lot of these kids have faced that themselves. So they may not have ever had the language for it, but they understand 
how it feels when someone makes a comment to them. Um, and I think that is really what we're trying to get at in the camp is drawing on their experience. And though they may not have the language to describe that, they often know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Liv, you were talking about another one of the workshops that you're going to be leading, which is called Tree Equity. <laughs> and I had never heard that, that those words together before. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so back when redlining was legal in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, um, the government, not surprisingly, would put um, most of the funds towards the white neighborhoods, and that included planting more trees in the white neighborhoods, um, and not many trees in communities of color. Um, And trees, as we know, sequester carbon, um, which um, can cool down and lower the effect of, uh, lower the greenhouse effect. Um, and the goal of tree equity is to try to plant trees in those neighborhoods that have often been neglected to mitigate some of the effects of climate change um, that those communities of color are already facing and because communities of color are often hit um, the hardest by the climate crisis. Tree equity, that sounds so interesting, and congratulations for running that workshop. Sasha, how about you? What What is one of the workshops you will be leading at this convention? Um, I'm going to be leading a renewable energy workshop. I've been studying renewable energy ever since probably before middle school. I remember writing a, paper, a piece in the Belchertown Sentinel about renewable energy um, and about action with renewable energy. And then I did a science fair project um, about solar in seventh grade, and I continued learning about it. So I'm going to be teaching the younger students about renewable energy, but in depth, talking about the different types of solar systems, like passive solar, active solar, uh, the you know solar panels, but the different types of solar panels, as well as wind energy, geothermal, all those types. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, very cool. How did the two of you... Actually, we're going to take a break. Uh, in just a moment, we're talking with Olivia Sack and Sasha Krakauer. They are two Youth Climate Action Now activists. Sasha is 17, Liv is 15, and talking about this issue of climate change and the hope that they bring us and the action that they're going to be bringing to 10 to 12-year-olds this weekend in the Little Leaders Summer Climate Convention. Stick with us. We will be right back. Turn to ignore ya Don't say I didn't want ya All the good girls go to hell Cause even God herself Has enemies And once the water This is the Afternoon Buzz ride. With Buzz Eisenberg 101.5 WHMP Hey everyone, it's Gordon Oliver. And I'm Tina Marie. And we're popping in to get everyone excited about this week's The Cambridge Connection radio show. Ooh, can't wait to hear who we're speaking with next. And before we share this week's guests, I want to remind everyone that we're here on WHMP every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. to help you, our listeners, navigate life's options, especially when it comes to financial wellness and empowerment. Let's not forget about all the success stories, too. Okay, Tina Marie, you ready? Ready. Ever heard of Credivolve? Well, if you've been turned down for a mortgage, then Credivolve might have your solution. This Saturday at 9.30 a.m. Do you act a certain way around your partner because you're afraid of what they'll think or say? Are you afraid of what they'll do? If you're in a relationship, it's your right to be healthy and safe. If you're experiencing abuse, emotional, verbal, or physical, you have options, and Safe Passage is here to help. It's all free and completely confidential. We are here for you. Call our hotline at 413-586-586. 5066 or visit safepass.org. This Tuesday, the Pines Theater at Look Park in Florence will be transported back in time to the 90s for Performance 32, Nevermind the 90s, a live tribute musical fundraiser. All your favorite local hero bands will be performing as their favorite bands from the 90s. Spanish for Hitchhiking as Pearl Jam, Winter Pills as The Sundays, Soul Magnets as Miss Lauren Hill, Sun Parade as Elliot Smith, Kimaya Diggs as Whitney Houston, Problems with Dragons as Nirvana, Bunnies as They Might Be Giants, and so many more. 
Each year in August, the Northampton Arts Council and the parent-teacher organizations of Northampton's public school system join forces to raise funds for arts enrichment in the schools and our community for the premier end-of-the-summer musical party. Performance 32, never mind the 90s. This Tuesday, starting at 4 p.m., Pines Theater, Look Park. Tickets available in person at State Street Food Store in Northampton and Cooper's Corner in Florence. Or buy online, hamparts.org. The Literacy Project is the place to go if you are an adult hoping to improve your reading, writing, and math skills, or if you want help preparing for the high school equivalency exam. The Literacy Project offers free classes at five locations in Franklin and Hampshire counties. We also offer classes to help you prepare for college and to help you plan for a career. If you want to learn, the Literacy Project is the place for you. To find out about Literacy Project classes in Northampton, call 413-584-6755. To find out about our classes in Greenfield, Orange, Amherst, and Ware, Check us out online at literacyproject.org. The Literacy Project is the place to go if you want support furthering your education and accomplishing career goals. If you want to learn, the Literacy Project is the place for you. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Welcome back. We're talking with two climate activists today. Liv Stack is 15 years old and a member of Youth Climate Action Now, among other activist organizations. Sasha Krakauer is 17, also Youth Climate Action Now. And both of these uh, folks are the organizers for the Little Leaders Summer Climate Convention that happens this weekend, Saturday at Hitchcock Center for the Environment in Amherst and Sunday at the Arcadia Wildlife Sanctuary in East Hampton. And there's still an opportunity for young people to register for that. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Okay. And we'll close with how to get how folks mm-hmm. can get in touch with you. One thing we were talking about at break was uh, this whole issue of our, you, you two are remarkable in the level of your activism and the intellect uh, and passion that you bring to the climate change issue. What about your peers at school? Are people your age freaking out are they are there other a lot of other activism out there what is the sort of the 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 nature of feelings that people have about climate change i have an interesting perspective about this because i'm in a group at my school specifically um called the eco leaders so we work with a lot of sustainability efforts at school and that group of people they are just so intelligent so knowing about the issues um, but outside of that group, I do sometimes see a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm. That's why um, this past year I created a climate action week at my school, and it culminated in one day of, or actually one morning of climate action workshops on Earth Day. And the issue that I saw was that a lot of students weren't interested. Some were like, oh, you know, maybe I'll skip it. Maybe I can get an absence, absence point. I can afford an absence point. So there is still that, I guess, disparity in how much people are enthusiastic um, about learning about climate change that I still see at even my school. Liv, how about you? I'm actually homeschooled, so I don't really have classmates. Well, that's, but you have, you have peers, but you're, you're surrounding yourself with folks who are like-minded. Is that true with this? Must be with this activism yeah, issue. Yeah, I, I think I'm very much, I think like we all are drawn to people who think like us. Um, and, you know, for me, the work I do is such a core part of my personality, and for me, it's important to have friends that kind of feel the same way. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say something it's intentionally, I intentionally do, I only seek out friends who are climate activists, but I think that's just the people I click the best with, I guess. Let's start with you, Liv. How did you get involved in climate activism? Um, well, I only got involved in climate activism very recently in April of this year. Um, I went to a rally um, in Springfield, downtown Springfield, um, in April and uh, for the Stop the Toxic Pipeline campaign um, to stop Eversource's proposed pipeline. Um, 
And that is where I met Ollie Peralt, who leads Youth Climate Action now. And she um, invited me to come on board. Um, and I was so excited to say yes. I had kind of been looking for an opportunity like that for a while to join a group and be involved in something. Um, and through uh, YKN, I joined the Springfield Climate Justice Coalition and got involved in a bunch of other uh, different groups. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved. That's very cool. From April of not being an activist, to yeah. August of organizing a climate summit convention for young activists. That's a remarkable uh, rise in activism. Thank you. Uh, how about you, Sasha? How did you get involved? Um, I have been involved since I was very young, but especially because I had the privilege to go to a very small progressive school called the Common School in Amherst. And the students there are like, it, it's very immersive in the environment around you. There's uh, a farm right next door where we went and we harvested and we planted. Um, and actually the old Hitchcock Center building used to be right next door, so I would go there all the time and visit. Um, now the Hitchcock Center is um, on the Hampshire College campus, and it's a, one of the only living buildings in the world. So ever since I was little, I've been really involved with the environment and environmental efforts. And then I think I said before that I, I wrote a um, piece in the Belchertown Sentinel when I was nine years old, and I continue to do work, and then finally this, this past year, I got the eco-leadership position, and then I became part of YCLP and YCAN. The living building, can you talk a little bit about what that is at uh, the yes. Hitchcock Center's it's a building? Very, it's a very specific, um, there are specific requirements to be a living building. It's a certificate, um, and basically it's net zero uh, carbon emissions, but it's also, there's this idea of being carbon positive where you're actually um, starting to create your own resources. I know that you can probably speak more on this. It's where you, like, they use the rainwater. They, there's a runoff into this wetlands. They're creating uh, an environment that's almost like one with their own, their own surroundings and their own environment. It's very interesting. It's a, a great learning opportunity for the 10 to 12-year-olds just yeah. to see what a, building, what a building can be like. Take-home message that you, you have. If there's one take-home message for uh, kids this weekend what would it be if you could leave them with one profound message? Mm. Thinking about that one. That's definitely a loaded question because <laughs> there is so much that we want people to take away. But would you want to start? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we want them to walk away with their climate action projects. But I think we want, you know, for me, it's I want these kids to know that they're not alone and they've kind of been brought into this world that is literally falling apart. Um, and I want them to know that it is very scary and there's no denying that, but they're not alone and they have people who are fighting with them and believe in them and will support them. Um, and I, I, you know, I've had so many amazing mentors in this past couple of months and I want to kind of be able to pay that back and be a mentor for them. And I want them to know that I'm here for them. Well, that's a great message to leave, not just for kids, but for adults as well. How can people get in touch uh, with you for more information about Youth Climate Action Now or for the Little Leaders Convention? Um, so if you look up the Youth Climate Action Now website, just type in Youth Climate Action Now or Little Leaders Summer Climate Convention, you can see the registration link um, right there on the web. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Olivia Stack and Sasha Krakauer, both activists with Youth Climate Action Now and both organizers for this wonderful convention happening this weekend. Thank you both so much for being with us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. That sound you hear is the sound of hope. Exactly. Right? That's it. And we will be back after these announcements. Yes, we will. Yeah. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler.
Greenfield Councillor Jasper Lipinski is being censured. Vice President Dan Gwynn put forth the motion to censure Councillor Lipinski immediately with the expectation that conduct would cease. This comes after multiple instances of Councillor Lipinski violating the City Council Code of Conduct, including an op-ed published in the Greenfield Recorder on another councillor's participation in a protest. Northampton fire crews are conducting training at an acquired structure on William Street this week. The exercise allowed the department to add new challenges and realism to their training. The Northampton Building Department assisted in the arrangements. The department also asks if you're involved in a demolition or gut renovation that you believe could hold training value to the department to please reach out to them. The State Department of Veterans Services jumped the gun when it announced a federal award of $130 million toward a new soldier's home in Holyoke. Mass Live is reporting that no money has yet been awarded. The state is still on the waiting list. Major General Gary Keefe says the press release was worded wrong and should have said offered and not awarded. Keefe said leaders at the home expect to get word on whether they're approved for the conditional funding within the next two to three weeks. And a Palmer man is celebrating after winning $1 million in the Massachusetts Lottery $4 million spectacular instant game ticket. Sean Sullivan bought the ticket at Sandry on North King Street in Northampton earlier this month. The retailer will get a $10,000 bonus for selling the winning ticket. Partly sunny, a little windy out there this afternoon, a high of 78 to 82. Mostly clear, continued breezy tonight, a low of 52 to 58. Mostly sunny, breezy on Friday with a high of 84 to 88. And dry on Saturday, mid-80s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Some of the lowest income districts will actually be able to spend per student close to some of the highest districts, as it should be. You should not be underfunded because you happen to have been born in Holyoke or New, New Bedford or Fall River. 1015, 1400 and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. River Valley Co-op. Getting your credit score and credit report free is another great reason to bank at Greenfield Savings Bank. With the GSP Credit Center, you can monitor your credit score and credit report as often as you like, set up alerts, and find tips on how to improve your credit score. Getting your credit score and credit report free is another great reason to bank at Greenfield Savings Bank. With the GSB Credit Center, you can monitor your credit score and credit report as often as you like, set up alerts, and find tips on how to improve your credit score. Monitoring your credit score and report is an important tool in protecting your finances and can help you identify errors and prevent fraud. Our GSB Credit Center is just one of the great benefits that comes free with both our free online banking and our free mobile app. And with the GSB mobile app, you can check your score and access your credit report free anytime and from anywhere using your mobile device. And checking your credit report at the GSB Credit Center will not affect your credit score. Sign up today at any of our offices or online. Greenfield Savings Bank. Greenfieldsavings.com. Member FDIC. Member DIF. Mobile carrier charges may apply. Do you ever wish you could be a kid again? Big Brothers Big Sisters lets you take a break from the adult world for a few hours a week. Anyone can be a mentor. You'll have support and guidance from professional caseworkers like me. My name is Jess and I'm a case manager, but I've also been a big sister with the program for almost four years. At first, I thought it would be hard to find the time, but spending time with my little quickly became one of the best parts of my week. When is the last time you went rollerblading or cooked s'mores over a campfire? Mentoring is fun, but it also makes a huge difference in a kid's life. Children who have good mentors do better in school, are more confident, and have better relationships with their peers. Nearly 200 kids in our area are currently waiting to be matched with a mentor, and most are boys hoping to find a big brother. Come in for an info session with me to learn more. Start something. Call 413-259-3345 and volunteer or donate to Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County today. When I was a kid, a bowl of cereal seemed incomplete unless it was topped with sliced bananas. 
and we knew where our bananas came from. They came from Chiquita. Our pineapples came from Dole, and our oranges came from Sunkist. We didn't think much about it, but we do now. We want food that hasn't spent a lot of time on a truck or in a processing plant. Around here, it's hard to miss the Local Hero label. Local Hero makes it quick and easy to identify food raised right here in Western Mass. Local Hero is part of CESA, Community Involved in Sustaining Agriculture. And Local Hero is just one of the things that CESA does to help Western Mass farms thrive. CESA helps build a strong local food system, working with farmers, stores, restaurants, so all of us have fresh Fresh local food choices. Look for the bright yellow Local Hero label and think about becoming a CESA supporter. Go to buylocalfood.org, find out what CESA does and why it's worth supporting. And bon appetit. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And it is Thursday afternoon. It's time for Take 5 with Bruce Nimzik. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Buzz, it's been a while. It's good to talk with you again. It's good to talk with you. You're in Goshen right now, right? I'm sitting in Goshen looking at the water, and you know we've become a one-car family, so I couldn't make it to the studio today. There's still water in Goshen? Yes, yes. we still have water in Goshen. <laughs> That's good, because there's not a lot of water flowing around these days. But So and you got a guest for... A lot. We're here in the studio. We've got a beautiful guest sitting here. And I'm looking at the microphone, which you look pretty good over the microphone, over the airways, Bruce. I say thank you, Buzz. <laughs> so who do we have here in the studio? Today we have Barbara Ween. And as our good friend Carol Abby Smith described her a couple weeks ago, we have to call her a Renaissance woman. She's a <laughs> wonderful singer. She's an entrepreneur. She is a stylist, owns her own salon. And... Unfortunately, we won't be able to show her artwork, which is spectacular, Buzz. She does portraiture, and I think you work in uh, pastels, Barb? Watercolor. 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 So what, what the conversation Barb and I had the other day was I, I thought she was a Northampton native, but she moved to town, and she went to St. Michael's High School. So That's right. the story right. of this, this sweet Catholic girl becoming a jazz singer. We got a lot to talk about. How'd that happen? Oh, boy. Well, actually, I started, I got my first gig in uh, Kingsport, Tennessee, when I was 14 years old. And um, I, uh, I, I was in a dance studio, and, and um, I was singing a lot, and one of, the, one of the dancers said, you should apply for this, this gig. And I said, what, what gig? And she said, yeah, the woman that makes our ballet costumes, her sons are in this band. So anyway, I applied. They were a little older than me. And so um, I, I ended up being the one that got the gig. And we opened for the governor of Tennessee's uh, ball, his fancy inaugural dance. And we did that two years in a row. Wow. Yeah. That almost sounds like, that almost sounds like the LSU. Cheryl's story when she was a skinny kid dancing and somebody asked her to sing and the next, well, the rest is history. And the other well, day you were gee, saying... thanks, Bruce. I like being... <laughs> you, you and Ella. It's a pretty nice that. comparison. I think Ella's got me beat, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> she did okay. She did okay. That was um, amazing. We were, we were talking the other day and you, you um, performed in a lot of, the, well, in a rock group in the Northampton, the Amherst area called Real Tears. Actually, it was a fusion R&B and jazz band. Oh, really? See, I think I remember yeah. seeing you guys. We played at the Lazy the River. Ago. We played... Which was a great club. The Ooh. Blue Wall, Sheehan's, the Stakeout in Amherst. Um, we played all over Vermont, all over many, many colleges. We traveled all around. We even opened for the Jefferson Airplane once, which was way cool. Ooh, wow. <laughs> That, had, that yeah. had to be an interesting experience. It sure. was fantastic. It you, was, you were volunteers. It was so huh? great. Got oh, to be right God there with was. Grace Come Slick. On. Are you kidding? <laughs> so if I may, Bruce, Barbara, why jazz? What is it about jazz? Well, I think what it is for me was growing up in Tennessee with my parents, who actually were, were uh, from the Boston area, but they moved uh, there when I was about five. So my dad loved Ella Fitzgerald and the uh, 
Ink Spots, and Julie London were favorites of his, Paul Robeson, and my mom sang light opera. And so uh, those influences were all in place. Then, of course, I was a child of my generation, and I was listening to, uh, you know, all the cool songs that were coming out then, the Beatles and and on up, and um, and also Stevie Wonder. So, um, uh, and my dad, because he loved Ella Fitzgerald and the Ink Spots, all those things melded together. And in Tennessee, there was the Holy Mole Rounders. There was uh, the Stanley Brothers. And so it all got moshed in my head. Ray Charles. Ray Charles was huge. Brenda Lee. So um, all these people. And so uh, I, I think I went through one one phase with the R&B and then another phase. But, but oh, they were all in there. And so jazz, you know, became... Um, maybe a, a, a challenge and a sophisticated version of a lot of those things put together. It was all American music. And so um, that's, that's why. And I still, I'll still sing Wayfair and Stranger. I'll still sing you know, Ray Charles song. You know, I'll I've still, heard you sing Sonny. Yes, uh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I, can, I love to mix it up, make it very eclectic. Because a good song is a good song. You know, it really is. And, and think of all the jazz singers that sing the Beatles, that sing... They sing all all songs. You know, it, they just make it their own. That's all, and that's what I like the most about jazz. You get to put your signature on it. You're 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 inspired by the musicians and the songwriters and the and and the music itself. And and to be able to have that opportunity to put your little stamp on it and be part of it, I just I I love going into small clubs and seeing who's playing there because there's so many wonderful local heroes and singers you don't get to hear. And um, it's kind of amazing, you know, just even in this area, what we have musically. Yeah, yeah we've been fortunate enough to see you perform with the Green Street Trio quite often. What's really cool is to see that the four of you get together and kind of do a head arrangement, I guess is what you would call it. And, you know, two minutes later, you're singing a song that you propose to, to do with them. And it's just a wonderful experience for we the lay people in the audience and uh it's kind of neat the way you guys do that oh that's really great to hear it it really is a language you know bruce in the two minutes that we have before we take a break i just wanted to ask you well because i've never asked you that question and i love barbara i loved your answer uh and in part your answer is it's a product of my experiences and I, i but i get to put my own signature on it and tweak it bruce why jazz? I'm asking you. Why jazz? I, I think we've talked about it before. It just, and it actually, it's old school jazz for me. It's the, uh, you know, what we talked about when I first heard Brubeck. It was just a hook. I was a kid that was, you know, listening to everything from the Beatles to Led Zeppelin, and all of a sudden one day there was Take Five, ironically, and I it just pulled me in. And you know, my my family. Yeah, we probably had some Sinatra on and some, uh, you know, some stuff like Ella. If uh, if you ever saw, I joined one of those record clubs, the 12 records for a dollar or whatever it was. And if you saw what an eclectic mix that was, it was a Santana album and a Frank Sinatra Man Alone album. And I look back at it, Dionne Warwick and, you know, Jeff Tall. It was just it was a really strange mix, but I gravitated more to stick with jazz because that's my uh, true love of the music. I, I, I love it. We are going to take a break, but just before we do, I love that you mentioned the Columbia Record Club because one of my <laughs> teammates, uh, my baseball teammates and wrestling colleagues in high school when we were applying for colleges, a lot of us put down all the clubs that we belonged to. He put down the Columbia Record Club. <laughs> That's great. You throw everything at it. <laughs> this is Take 5 with Bruce Nimzik and with uh, our guest this week, Barbara Weems, a very talented vocalist and talented in a lot of other ways. We'll be right back after these messages. Do stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. It's only a canvas sky, 
hanging over a muslin tree. But it wouldn't be make believe if you believed in me. Without Massachusetts taxpayers will or will not been promised. Part of division of labor emerges, one partner becoming the steward of household finances, the other less directly involved. This arrangement may work until a stressor is introduced, college expenses, budgeting issues, impending retirement, etc. That's when sparks can fly. Each person's perspective is quite different, and it's likely only a short-term solution, if any, will arise. The HUG plan presents an easy-to-follow, long-term solution that helps get both partners on the same page, alleviating stress and inspiring them to manage their finances successfully. I'm Francis Ray, I'm the Money Doctor. We now offer advanced tools and financial coaching using our patented system, all under one umbrella. For more information and to schedule your free consultation, visit our website at HugYourMoney.com. This is from Chile, from the winery Bouchon, and it's called Pays Salvaje. It's got like a guy on a ladder in the front. Every Friday morning, Monty visits the wine snobs to talk about wine at State Street. The ladder is representing how they harvest this wine. So Pais, uh, sometimes referred to as the mission grape because it was planted all over Central and South America by Spanish missionaries. Additionally, it mutated into like a climbing vine, so it climbs up the trees on the backside of the vineyards, ah. uh, and they needed ladder that were up to 15 feet tall to harvest it. The País Salvaje, people who like natural wines or low-intervention wines, like, they do nothing to these things. They're just grown in the backyard, um, and they use these giant ladders to, to get yeah, An interesting experience that you probably haven't had with these wild grapes grown tall. If you're in a rut, if uh, you've only been drinking Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio, maybe we've made you branch out. Find your favorite wine and your next favorite wine at State Street. Help a local baby stay fresh. One in three local families sometimes have to choose between diapers and feeding their kids. Let's wipe out diaper need in our communities. Donate diapers and wipes or cash through August 31st during the United Way Diaper Drive. Drop off new or clean opened packages of diapers or pull-ups at locations across Franklin and Hampshire counties. Find out how and where to donate at uw-fh.org forward slash diaper drive. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And it is Take 5 with Bruce Nimsey. Bruce, do you know the way to San Jose? Well, I think I could find it just listening to all of Dionne Warwick's records. Now, when we were at break, uh, Barbara told us that she was unfortunate enough to open for Dionne Warwick. So yes, I was. about that. That was pretty amazing. I mean, just to get to see her warm up, and and she smoked through the whole warm up, which I could not believe. (laughs) I'm serious. And then that voice would just come out, and you were just, you just couldn't believe it. I mean, it was really great. And the next day, I went to work and I'm doing hair, and one of my clients said, "I had this terrible dream last night because I saw you open for Dionne Warwick, and I couldn't believe it was you." And when I came in for my appointment today, I didn't even know you did that, but they said your name, and I thought yes. I had this dream you were going to uh, be in spandex and you were going to have these silver <laughs> jangles hanging down, and you were just going to say, "Your hair? Oh, I don't do hair anymore." You know. <laughs> and anyway, it was pretty and you funny. All- and you also told us about a, a gig you have coming up this weekend that sounds really exciting. I do. I have a very fun gig coming up this me- weekend. It's going to be at the Shaw Hudson House in Plainfield, Massachusetts. Beautiful downtown Plainfield. It's on Sunday from 1.30 to 3.30. It is a 10-piece band. And uh, a really good friend of mine, wonderful singer, Matt Marat, who's uh, sung on the Chitlin Circuit all around here. He moved to Arkansas and sang, sang with a Grateful Dead band, and now he's back. And he's moved into Plainfield, and he wants to support this, this museum. And so he's put together this band um, with 10 of really fantastic local musicians. And um, Dave Sporney, who plays in the jazz band, oh, wow. yep, a big band, he's going to be playing horn at Mari Picromaldi. Uh, I'm going to be singing um, uh, Frank and Diva Varela from the Hartford area are going to be part of the band. Chet Pasek, 
from Northampton, Steve Bulmer, Hartford, and Peter Newland is going to be a special guest, along with Don McMahon's wife, Leslie. Peter Newland of Fat Fame in the 70s. Fat Fame in the 70s. Peter Newland just was in Ashfield. Um, They raised, uh, they did a, a free benefit. For I mean a benefit for the uh, to raise money for Ukraine and I think they they raised forty five hundred dollars. Peter Newland was there too, so he's busy doing charitable work. One thing I got to do that was really fun recently was to um, go to uh, I think it was Mercy Hospital and we uh, they dedicated a statue to the nurses during the COVID period and so one of the singers Leslie was going to sing she got sick so I got the call so I got to sing this song that Peter wrote for to honor nurses and healthcare professionals and it was really 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 very special time so Matt myself Janet Ryan were the backup singers and then Peter Peter ran this whole thing and it was a really a very wonderful moment Bruce, well, how lucky how here. lucky are we, Bruce Nimzik, that we get to hang around oh. with people who actually have talent? Yeah, it's, 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 amazing. it's amazing. We're so fortunate. Uh, it's good. It's good to hear that you're busy again because you know I know uh, coronavirus put a kibosh on you know uh, live performances. It's it's ratcheting up quite a quite quite a bit right now, and it's good to see that you have some gigs. Uh, you know, Summer on Strong, I saw you there last night, which yes. was a wonderful show. Uh, you know, our friend Chuck Lampson playing, he's a great horn player. It um, was great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see you again. Although I know one of the places that you uh, frequently played in Chicopee, the Collegian Court closed, which is kind of sad. It did, but there's a couple things on the horizon here. Carol Smith is doing the Blue Room in East Hampton, and then okay. there might be a possibility of working something out in Holyoke in the um, in in the gateways. They have a small Gateway, theater there. Yeah, yeah so yeah. anyway, I'm talking to a few people and seeing if we can kind of recreate that little, you know, bistro feeling in one of these places. That would be, that would be super because, um, you know, uh, the great, the, the Drake's a great place to see a, a show if it's you have to approach it as seeing a concert. It's not. Uh, it's not really like a club at- atmosphere for my taste. And it's a wonderful place. It's a great sound system. Super, super show there every time we've been there. But it's not. The, it's not. Doesn't have that jazz club feel that. Or I the kind of speakeasy yeah. feeling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was so, wondering how this sweet Catholic girl ended up as a torch singer. What's going <laughs> on here? Hey, you know, I always wanted to go to Italy to find out how all those Catholic Italians loved, you know, art and the physical body so much. And you know, you can you can do both. You know, it, it works. It's, right, it's all well, art. Speaking it's of that, art. Bruce was talking about your your um, art, your watercolors, and portraitures, and your skill in that regard. And uh, I, we just were all immersed in the Joni Jam that happened at the Newport Folk Festival. And, yes. And there was so much talk about um, Joni Mitchell self-identifies as an artist with her uh, uh, oils on canvases and, and uh, the like. Um, and other people that we've talked to, like Mary Witt, our local um, hero, who uh, she's got an incredible voice, she's an incredible musician, but she really identifies as an artist because of her work with oils. How about you? I, I have been doing these watercolors probably 12 years, and um, I, they're, it's a kind of a magical experience to, to just look at that big blank white sheet and then see what happens when you get brave enough to start making marks on there. And I love painting musicians. I just did one. I finished. Actually, I took the picture in a concert in the, um, the arts um, building. New, what's the arts the arts building across oh, from... Oh, 33 Holly? Yeah, yeah, 33 Holly. Yeah. It was at one of Glenn Siegel's Jazz Shares concerts. So I, I, I painted uh, one of the artists in that, Steve Davis. I did one of him. I've got a whole bunch in the that. in the works, too, yeah. And um, so it's a... It's just, how, do you, how do you compare those two creative media? One is singing as a performing artist, and, and as you said, translating what you've heard into your own signature versus... Uh, that big white blank canvas. I think they really speak to different parts of yourself. You know, one is when you're putting out, you're energized, you're talking to the audience. It takes a tremendous amount of energy, and you got to stock that pond somehow. So I think for me, the meditative part of doing the artwork is a way that I actually 
they 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 both work really well together. One you know balances the other, and so because I'm I'm sort of an introvert, but when I get in front of a band, I can enjoy it. You know, and and I really I love I love looking at you know singing a song to people that has some feeling to me or to them or you know it's a communication. I love that answer, Bruce. You're there in Goshen in Northampton time. We have two minutes left. In Goshen time, who cares? And, you're um, at, and we used to call it the Goshen Ocean, but I hear it's not an ocean so much anymore. No, it it, it still looks lovely right now. Uh, you also, when I when I introduced you, I said you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you're you're I, busy twenty four seven. I I I love my salon. I find it a creative place, and and I have four wonderful people who have worked with me for a long time and and um it just ticks along and you you know it's you get to take care of somebody and make them look good and it's just you know a win-win and and so um it, and what's the name of it barbara weems it's called um visage visage salon is in downtown northampton on the second floor 225 if you look up you'll see a big orange sign and we've been there for um quite a while and it's it's been it's just it's just so much fun. I, I just don't think I can quit. I I want to I want to balance it all. So I try to keep a few hours for hair, a few hours for art, a few hours for music and and um that's a pretty much a whole day right there. <laughs> well, you told me one thing the other day also you're taking bass lessons. I mean, how busy can you get? Well, this this bass lesson thing was kind of a crazy thing, but it's always been a dream to play a bass. So, uh and Nancy Janison, a wonderful uh, musician in the Valley, is running this band. And Carol Abby Smith talked me into trying to play bass with this group. So I am playing bass. She's playing saxophone. And it's the uh, New Horizons band. And, and you're, it, take, you're taking lessons from Lynn Lovell. Yes, I am. It's so cool. <laughs> and I speaking with her just the other night. She told me she has... She owns 25 different bases. Yes. I mean, where, where, where do you store these? She's got a big place. In the to basement. Store them all. Right. Oh, God. She does. It's really true. <laughs> On that note, I apologize, but we have to okay. go. Uh, Barbara Williams, thank you so much for joining us. You are a person thank of so for, many talents. Thank you for Bruce, asking. thank Good you for bringing you Barbara about. here. Thank you. And uh, enjoy your time there in the Goshen Oceans. Everybody else, join us tomorrow on Friday. Uh, we have a great show lined up, including Senator Lester, Lesser, Eric Lesser, who's running for lieutenant governor, and Jeff Napolitano will have Sean Donovan on talking about the community care department he's trying to uh, originate here in Northampton. We'll be with you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Want to support the kind of talk you hear on the Afternoon Buzz? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And you'll be supporting the local news, Valley Talk, and progressive voices you hear right here the on WHMP. The only live and local Let talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.